I'm huge on, I give my children the lecture all the time when they say, I don't have time for that, or I don't have time. And I'm like, there's no such thing as time management. It's priority management. You can tell me I didn't make time for that, but you had time. You had just as much time as everybody else. And so I just, I make sure that stuff is prioritized how I want to do it. And I can, you know, I can do that in ClickUp. I drag and drop in the order I want to get it done. And I get done what I can and, you know, what I don't, it gets moved to the next day. Welcome to the Homeschool CEO Podcast the podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs who want to successfully homeschool their kids while running a profitable business. In this podcast, we'll reveal the truth of what it really looks like behind the scenes of an entrepreneur who homeschools and how to make it all work. If you're an entrepreneur who currently homeschools or you want to start, you are in the right place, my friend. With 16 years experience combining entrepreneurship with homeschooling, I'm your host, Jen Myers, and this is the Homeschool CEO Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Homeschool CEO Podcast. Hey friend, what would you do if you had eight kids that you were homeschooling, but you wanted to go on a huge family vacation and didn't have the money? Today's guest Lisa Kingsbury, found herself in that situation just three years ago. So what did she do? In addition to homeschooling eight kiddos, she started a business. She is now the proud owner of Optimized Management, where she provides operations and project management services to help business owners like you grow your business without working longer and harder so that you can make money and eat dinner with your family. Lisa today shares all about how she has processes in place, sets boundaries, and knows when to reach out for help in order to get it all done. Lisa lives in small town South Alabama with her husband, eight children, and four dogs. She says there's never a dull moment and rarely a quiet one. I think we can all learn from Lisa's drive and vision, and that is what we are talking about today. Let's dive in. All right, Lisa, welcome to the show today. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and see what we can talk about. Yay. I know it took a little while for us to get, just to find a time that worked for both of us and get you on the podcast. And we're recording this podcast the day after my son had an emergency appendectomy. And we were chuckling because right before we got on here, Lisa, who has eight children, right? Is that right? Eight? Yes, eight children. <laughs> we were talking about how as, you know, homeschool CEOs, as moms that own businesses, our businesses don't stop. Our lives don't stop just because something happens. And that's kind of the beauty of owning your own business and homeschooling is that we get to just pivot all the time and make it work, right? Yeah, I know that like, you know, I mean, I know you've had it happen. You wake up in the morning, you've got like three things you need to do for a client, but a kid's got an earache. I mean, what do you do? I mean, you can't make them be in pain all day because you've got client work. You can't make your clients wait because you've got a kid with an earache. I mean, you know, it's just, it's a juggling act, but you do it, you move on. And it's just, you go the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. You have to live in the moment. Otherwise you're going to become overwhelmed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm so excited because I love being able to talk about that with another mom who understands. And Lisa, before we go any further, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience so they know a little bit more about you? Okay, I am a homeschooling mom of eight. I own Optimized Management. I do operations, digital marketing, strategy work, 
I started this business probably three years ago as a way to, um, my ultimate goal is to take my kids on a cross-country camping trip. COVID kind of like put a wrench in the plans. We were like had some plans moving along and COVID came along. And not that we can't still camp, we're having trouble finding places to camp because all the campgrounds are full. And so, so, but that is our ultimate goal. And that's why we started this journey. And I had no idea it was going to turn into what it is and become like, I had no idea I was going to have the passion for it that I do. When I first started, it was literally just a means to an end. And then after all the, all the learning and discovering more about myself and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be, it's become more of a passion than just, you know, a means to an end. So, so good. All right. So let's talk a little bit about that. You said you, like you discovered a lot about yourself over the last three years of running your business. So take me back to the Lisa from three years ago. What did that look like? I, I was, we were just going about our day, you know, homeschooling mom. I mean, I had eight kids, so it's not just, I say that, but I mean, it was just our life. It is what it is, you know, just the day to day homeschooling, doing the kid thing, running kids everywhere. And I didn't feel lost isn't the right word, but I felt like I was ready to move outside of my family sphere of influence. And so I looked at going back to school and I did that. I went back to school to get my degree in psychology. And so I was like, okay, that I did a little bit. And then I was like, there's still, you know, I still kind of had that, like that itch, that desire to do something. I still wasn't sure what it was and I didn't know how it was going to look but I knew there was something. And then I was, my kids and I had been talking about that cross country trip. And I was like, well, I've got to find a way to finance it. So they kind of, those things kind of just kind of came together at the right time. Ooh, first of all, I want to say, I also have my degree in psychology. So totally get that. I love that. I love psychology. I think that's why I'm such a good coach though, because of my degree in psychology and you too. I know you also coach people. Uh, same thing because it helps me understand things. So, all right. So three years ago, you're, I want to point out because a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs first and then start homeschooling. And I've dealt with a lot of homeschool mamas who they don't know how to make that transition to actually building a big, like a mindset business and stepping into a CEO role, which you have done, which is really uncommon. And I'm sure you found that even being in the homeschool world, looking beside different friends at co-ops going, you can do this too. And they're like, oh, you know, or you'll tell them that you have a business and their idea, you're shaking your head because you know their idea of a business is like <laughs> a night and weekend side, side hustle. You know, like their idea is to put a little extra groceries on the table. Whereas like our ideas are, we want to take our kids across the world. You know, like we have big dreams, big goals. You had that mindset shift of, okay, we want it. We have a goal. We want to go across the country. We want to go on a camping trip. So I'm going to start a business. What do you think made you different that helped you elevate into that bigger mindset, that CEO role versus the homeschool mom who starts a business and just kind of has that side hustle? I've I've actually contemplated this because I wonder, because, you know, you look at psychology degree, you look at other people and you're like, what makes me different? What makes me have the, the attitudes and the thoughts that I do? And I think part of it is I've always had the go big or go home attitude. So, I mean, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go all in. When I started my research for ways to make money at home, you know, obviously I turned to Google um, and I started Googling it and I probably the same day, maybe the second day I started looking into it, 
I had pulled out my credit card and I was in, I was all in. There was no, like I discovered this, this world that I didn't even know existed, VAs, coaches, course creators, what is all of that? Like I had zero digital marketing knowledge and now I'm getting my certification as a master marketer. You know, I mean, like, it's just crazy. But I just, I was like, okay, I can do this. I have the skill set for this. That was my first goal was to find something I already had the skill set for because I knew I wanted to, I wanted to go. I didn't want to like, you know, so, but I did, I literally, I was like, I signed up for a course, immediately jumped all in. I was, I was there. So was your husband supportive? I don't know if he knew. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, I'm assuming he knows now, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're not, we're not suggesting that everybody who listens should go sign up for an expensive course behind their spouse's back. Like, you know, but it, it's okay. It no. All right. <laughs> So then how did you make it work at the beginning as you're starting to build this business and you have eight kids? Because how old were they? So this was three years ago. So my youngest would have been two, just turning two. And then, so now I have, I can't, I can't subtract all their ages. Now I have a five-year-old. She's getting ready to be seven in three days. She's super excited. Um, A 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, 15, 18, 20 and she'll be 21 in 10 days, and a 22-year-old. So I do have older kids. At the time, everybody but one of them was still at home. Um, my 21-year-old just moved out last weekend. She's beyond thrilled with herself, so I'm super proud of her. But we had, I mean, yeah, I had the baby, and I had older kids, and everybody's like, oh, you had older kids. They must have helped. I'm like, have you ever had a teenager? I mean, my kids are super helpful. I'm not going to lie. That's not even. But not in the way people, I think, expect them to help or maybe I don't expect them to help in ways other people think they would I mean they have their chores around the house I mean there's eight kids I can't do it all by myself nor do I want to but I mean I'm still the parent like I didn't just like hand that off you know so in the beginning I mean there were growing pains obviously we had to learn how to to fit the school in the toddler in the you know all of the things how to make it all work but I think the biggest thing is having eight kids, I already had systems in place to make my life easier, you know, like, and since we homeschooled, we had, we just had all the systems in place kind of already. And we added a few more and we've added things like when the door is closed, you know, you can't walk in, but I keep my door to my office open like 90% of the time, obviously it's closed right now, but 90% of the time. And when they come in, I stop what I'm doing you know, I, well, they wait until I stop. Like, I mean, I've come to a point, I stop what I'm doing and I totally focus on them. And I think that is the biggest thing that keeps from building resentment. Cause that was my huge worry in the beginning is I'm busy. You need to, you know, go find something to do. But, you know, after that initial growing pains, we kind of figured it out. So I want to, I want to kind of touch on something. You said that you have systems in place so I can kind of hear the thoughts of my audience going, Tell me your wizardry, you know, tell me those secret schedule systems. What do you do to manage eight children and build a business without your kids resenting the business and you resenting your kids for getting in the way of the business? Because I think you're right. I think there's a lot of resentment that has the potential to build. So what are those, you said the one about having the door closed versus open most of the time. What are some of those other systems that you used? I tried to, I have, um, Mondays, not anymore, but Mondays used to be my meeting day, 
but I made sure the first one didn't start until 10. So, and I know it was early, but we live in the South, so it's not a big deal. We would go to the park at eight o'clock. I mean, the kids are up, they're kids. You wanna go to the park? They don't care what time it is, they're gonna go. So, and you know, so we would, we always had beach towels in the car because inevitably the equipment has due on it at eight o'clock in the morning, it just is. So we would do that. We'd wipe off all the toys, all the structures, and they would play. So they got that, that time where they got to do what they wanted to do. So then I had meetings all day because during meetings, obviously I'm less accessible so that they, they were okay with that. That was never, you know, then one of the other things I do that like helps the house run smoother and it not necessarily business, but it does, it saves me a ton of time. And we don't have, we're not super scheduled. I'm not a scheduled kind of part, but we kind of have like a rhythm to our day. I have times when they're, they can have snacks whenever they want, but they have to eat lunch and breakfast during certain times. So the kitchen can get cleaned up. So it stays clean for a little bit because otherwise when I walk into the kitchen to get, you know, a glass of water or grab somebody a snack, if there is mess everywhere, I'm going to stop and clean it up. Well, that's a complete break in my work day. So implementing that, which I know sounds kind of like simplistic, but that really helped me to not stop and like, oh, well, let me load the dishwasher real quick. Let me clean off the counter real quick. Nor did I feel like I was constantly calling a kid to do it either because I have this thing about interrupting my kid's day any more than I would want my day interrupted. So I don't like to do that either. But that's one of those like simple systems that I put into place that I'm kind of like, oh, that really helped a lot. I can completely identify with that. Having four kids plus my husband and me home because we had our business together just six people having the amount of dishes. It was always dishes and laundry all the time. And so we had to implement similar, similar things like that. So what are some of the systems that you use in your business to help streamline that so that you can actually have time to homeschool eight kids? The biggest thing is I just, I'm super intentional with my time. I'm super intentional with my day. I have my project management system. I use ClickUp. If it's not in ClickUp, it's not going to happen. Like, it's just not, like, I even, like, my kids, for their schoolwork, they use ClickUp as well. Uh, the older ones, obviously, the little ones don't. They don't care. So I'm just, I'm super intentional about, like, I put stuff in there and I prioritize. I'm huge on, I give my children the lecture all the time when they say, I don't have time for that or I don't have time. And I'm like, there's no such thing as time management. It's priority management. You can tell me I didn't make time for that, but you had time. You had just as much time as everybody else. So I just, I make sure that stuff is prioritized how I want to do it. And I can, you know, I can do that in ClickUp. I drag and drop in the order I want to get it done and I get done what I can and, you know, what I don't, it gets moved to the next day. So good. I love that you said it's not time management, it's priority management. That's great. How have you instilled that into your kids? Um, it's The biggest thing is it's the same thing. They're not allowed to say, I can't. They have to say, I need help. I can't, I need what, how do I word it? I have this whole big spiel. My son gets sick of hearing it. I need help. I'm having trouble with this. Can you help me with this? Those kinds of things. But like, if you say I can't, you're going to get this big, long lecture from mom. And so <laughs> but it's the same with the time management. I'm like, no, you had time. You could have done it. And I'll point out, you know, and obviously as they get older, the conversation changes, but I point out you could have done this, this, or this. Instead, you chose this or this or this, which is fine but you have to learn to prioritize. And, you know, obviously as they get older, I take a less and less, I don't want to say, I don't know how to word this without it sounding bad, but like I'm less and less hands-on in their school. It's more like, here's your work. 
figure out how you're going to get it done. And I mean, I obviously don't one day just hand it to them. We've worked up to this. But on Friday, if all of this isn't done, then there's consequences because this is your job. This is what you're supposed to do. And you didn't do it. So that's so good. And that's really the role of a CEO, especially, you know, a homeschool CEO is that we're handing things off. We're delegating the education, even to our own kids. And I took very much a similar approach. You know, we, we built in and built up to that ownership. So, you know, for example, my 16 year old, there isn't really hands-on learning. I'm not teaching him day to day anymore. That's why I can have two businesses, you know, because now I'm at a different season of life and why I get to lead the homeschool CEO community because I have time to do that. But I don't, I don't sit down and teach him math every day. You know, we outsource, we delegate, but at the end of the day, he has to figure out things. And if he needs to ask for help, he needs to learn. He has to advocate for that and ask for things. And we, that's so funny that you said that Lisa, because we had the same thing. You do not say can't in our house. That is, that's worse than a curse word to our family. That is one of those words. You want to get in trouble. That is the word you say, like that is a no go in our family. All right. So I know one of the other things that you talk about a lot is creating a family vision and a business vision that really align with each other. Can you just tell us a little bit more about why that is so important? I think it's important because as small business owners who work from home, who have children, who are at home, they're super intertwined. I mean, there's no way to separate them out without feeling some sort of disconnect. And I think, you know, I mean, with that disconnect become, comes in that guilt. I don't do guilt. I'm like, I just, I'm super intentional. So I don't, you know, and I feel like I truly believe that I make the best decisions with the knowledge and information I have at hand. And I have to go with that. I can't, I mean, are there things I would like do differently maybe? Yes. But like the guilt that people talk about and the feeling bad and, and I just don't do that. I just feel like it's a huge hindrance on a person's life. And I just can't, because I feel like it would take mental energy away from my family, away from my business. And I just, I don't allow myself to go there. And I think by intertwining the two and making sure you know where you want your business to go and how it fits into where you want your family to go, because your family's still got to be first. Like, I mean, it just, it just is, you have kids. That's not, you know, and so you've got to weave your business in, but your business is still super important. It doesn't play second fiddle to the family. They're, they're the, you know, they both have their importance and they both have their place in your life and you just kind of weave them together. All right. So when we're creating the, when we're sitting down and saying like, what is our vision? So we know we have to do our family first. I mean, that's, I think that's every homeschool CEO at the end of the day, they're like, no, my kids are first, but they're trying to figure out how do you, you know, that elusive balance between the two, but really it's just a rhythm and you're, you know, that flow of going back and forth between putting on that entrepreneur hat and putting on the mom hat and making both of those things work together. So you take this vision, what is the next step? Like how, if you're talking, like, let's say you're sitting down with a mom right now who is like, I want, I just want peace. I want productive peace in my family. I want my business to be growing and my kids to be happy. That's my vision. I don't know what else to say. What, what do they do next? Well, the first thing, you have to define that. What do you want that? What does that peace look like to you? Because if somebody walks into my house, like if you're defining peace as in quiet, calm, that's never going to be my house. But I think there is a level of peace and comfort in my house. You know, it's peaceful chaos. But, 
But first of all, you define that. What do you want that to look like? What does that look like for your family? Okay, so let's say that my kids sit down and do their school at X time and we have dinner together every night and we read a story before bed. Okay, that's what I want my family to look like. Okay, so now we have, we know what our basic structure, what we want our family time to look like. Okay, so my business, I want to work with three clients a day. I want to do, I mean, I'm making this up, obviously. I want to have time to work on my business for two hours a day or, you know, and then I would probably come back and say, okay, is, so the way you have it structured, and then we would rank those things by importance. Like how important is it that you have family dinner every night? I'm not going to lie. That's not one of our, our things. I feel like we're together all the time. I don't need to sit down and eat with you. <laughs> and I know that's huge for a lot of families, especially families on the go and that feel disconnected. You do need that point where you make that connection during the day. I am not saying, you know, not to that, but eating dinner together is not something our family does. Everybody has their devices. We watch TV. I mean, we do whatever. Dinner is not our family time. <laughs> but you take those things that are important to you and you prioritize them. Okay, so... No, family dinner is non-negotiable. So that goes up here. Okay. And then we just, we kind of fill in the blanks and we layer those things by importance. And then when we get down to the end and we have a few things left over and they don't really fit, well, okay, how can we modify these things? So you still get what you want, but they fit into this like picture we've created of how your business works with your family life. So good. So good. I can, that's practical. You know, that's stuff that our moms can sit down and use and say, okay, what we have right now is not working, but here's a practical step. Start identifying what's important. And then, you know, I, I did a Facebook live training a few weeks ago about scheduling your priorities because when those non-negotiables go first, you know, those are your big rocks of your day. And that's what helps us feel, you know, like accomplished and satisfied and not, and feel like, okay, we did what we like the important stuff, what was important to us. And I love that you said that family dinners are not one of your priorities because it gives other moms permission to be like, yeah, it's not mine either. You know, like one of our gals I'm thinking of, she's like, yeah, I don't cook. Like she does not, she doesn't cook. They're very simple meals. And I said, that is okay. You, you know, you, that is completely fine. Cause it's not one of her priorities, you know, but her kids travel for gymnastics. And so they're always on the go and they have different priorities and that is so okay. And I love that about our community that we all understand that we're all different. We have different families, different businesses, different priorities, and none of them are wrong. They're just different. Lisa, if you can go back and tell yourself something three years ago, maybe something that you've just learned in this last year that you're like, oh, I wish I would have known that three years ago when I started this journey, what would it be? I wish I had understood, and I teach this, so I, you know, but I wish I had understood how important laying that business foundation and coming up with that vision and how to integrate the family vision with the business vision, how important that was. Because I know I spent probably at least a year, if not longer, doing all kinds of things. And I felt like I was just spinning my wheels. I wasn't making any progress. I was just like, I was like, I was working. Yeah, I was making money, but it wasn't the same. It didn't have that, that feeling of this is my business. I'm moving forward. My business is growing. And not even, even if you don't want to grow your business necessarily, like you're comfortable with where it's at, but you just have that feeling of contentment with your business. And I didn't have that. And the reason I didn't have that is because I didn't, I had never sat down and defined what I wanted it to look like. I didn't have an end goal. So I didn't know if I'd gotten there. 
Like, you know, if you start off on a race, okay, I'm, let's, you know, my kids race out front all the time. Well, they, ha they have a, a line that they race to, a tr well, it's a tree, but they have a tree they race to. If they didn't have that tree, who's going to know when they want and where? You never, you don't know when you get there. So you're constantly, you keep going, you're running and running and running and running and you get tired and worn out. And somebody just tell me I'm done. Somebody just tell me I've made it. Somebody just tell me that this is where I'm supposed to be. And that's where having that vision laid out and defined comes into play. Do you find that most moms that you work with struggle with defining their vision of success? Yes. And I think part of it's fear. Part of it's fear of articulating what they want because we're women. We've been programmed since we were little to, you know, you're not going to go out there. I want to make six, you know, $100,000 next year. That's, that's a big statement. I mean, even a hundred thousand. Okay. But that's a big statement. And that has a lot of fear associated with like to come out and say that, you know, are, am I being greedy? Am I being selfish? Am I being, you know, too bold? And so I think that's part of the reason people don't list that vision. Part of it is when they start their business, if they fall into the business accidentally, they never take that time to lay that foundation anyway, because it kind of just, you just happened into the business, you know, oh, I'm doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And it kind of grew and grew and grew and grew. So you never stop to lay that foundation. And if you started your business, like I did just means to an end. Well, I didn't know I was going to have a long-term business. That wasn't my plan. I just needed some money to go across the country, you know? So I never, I didn't create that vision, you know, like my end goal was the money for the cross country trip. Well, once I hit that, then what, you know, I didn't have, because as we create this vision, you know, we have this big goal. Okay. So say your big goal is to hit, you know, six figures in 12 months. Well, you, you have those waypoints along the way that you set, you know, because if you don't, how do you know that you're getting closer to it? You know, what does success in step one look like? What does success in step two look like? And if you don't set those waypoints, again, you don't know that you're headed in the right direction. And so I knew I didn't know where I wanted to go. So I just kind of spun my wheels and I went and I was working and doing and it just, it, it didn't work. So that's, I would go back and tell myself to make sure that those foundational pieces were set and that I had made sure that I knew what I wanted my, my first step of success at least to look like and what, how I wanted my family to look like. So it all works together. And the one thing I heard you say too, is it's never too late to do that. Because you didn't do it at the very beginning. You did it after the fact. So whether, you know, you're listening and you're a year into your business or you're five years into your business, if you've never done this pivotal part, go back and do it. Because it's so, so, so important because, right, it's Zig Ziglar who says, if you aim at anything, you're sure to hit it, right? Or something to the effect, you know, if we don't know where we're going, how do we know if we got there? Yeah, that is so, so good. All right, Lisa, this has been such a great conversation. Tell our audience how they can connect with you online. This is where I fail miserably in the whole digital marketing thing. I, my husband laughs at me all the time because I told you I'm getting my certification in digital marketing. And I am not super present on social media. It's horrible. But I'm occasionally on Facebook. So they can find me on Facebook and on LinkedIn and then my website. And that's optimizemanagement.com, correct? Yes. Perfect. And we'll link all of those in the show notes as well. And don't you feel bad about not being on social media? That's the, my weakest link as well. I mean, I built 
a multi six figure ads business and barely had a Facebook page. Like they didn't, you know, so you don't have to be on social media and all the places in order to have a successful business, especially depending on what you do. So, all right, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been fantastic. Thank you for having me. I hope your fun feels better soon. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm wondering, it's just the two of us, but let's be honest. Have you really taken the time to sit down and write out a vision of what you want your business and your homeschooling to look like, to feel like? And have you taken a moment to really define what success means to you? If you have, I want to know about it. If you have a minute, send me a DM on Instagram and let me know what does success look like for you? Whether you consider your success vision big or small, I want to hear about it. All right, friend, this has been such a great time together. See you next week. Hey, friend, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I really appreciate it. And for more information on connecting with other homeschool CEOs just like you, be sure to check out our website at www.homeschoolceo.com. And as always, Team Homeschool CEO, you ladies inspire me. Thank you for always showing others what is possible. You guys are awesome. See you next week.